Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Have you ever had a doctor stick their fingers up your bum and then say to you, Oh, it goes quite far back, doesn't it? No? Well, I have. Welcome one, welcome all. I mean, I say all, I don't actually mean everybody. Do you know what? I think we're living in far too inclusive a society. I really do, because I'm really fine with us creating spaces in which dickheads aren't allowed in. I'm really okay with that. So if you were thinking you could come in here and live, laugh, love and live your best life and have your own fucking opinion about everything, I'm sorry, you're wrong. It's not a fucking democracy. You can get that from elsewhere, you filthy trollop. Hello to our international listeners. And by international, I mean anyone that's more than five minutes away from me. My name is Scotty and this is After The Tone. This time down the pub, flatulent chat, another crisp iron tea towel conversation, and dad's mental health. Re last week's introduction where I was talking about prohibiting middle class parents from eating out with their children on the weekend. Well, I tell you, there's been absolute fucking outrage. Um, apparently there's a mum's net forum on us and everything, which, you know, fab. Do you know what I mean? At least they're talking about us. This lovely message, though, from Ant in Bristol says, As somebody who used to work in a middle-class mum cafe, I feel this in my very bones. Somebody's baby once threw up on the floor, so they packed up all their stuff and just left. <laughs> Now, I understand that can be very frustrating, but I think this is a story or two after, do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, awful that you've been left to clear up the sick, do you know what I mean? You've been clearing up baby, it's not even your fucking baby. But, I don't know, if I was the parent and my baby had just done that, the shame would absolutely get to me and I think I would have done the same thing. (laughs) Have you ever mocked up your own mess, you filthy cow? Who knows? I mean, we might start that as a conversation, steady. The number to call is coming up a bit shortly. Maya is on the ones and the twos this week. So Maya, come on, hit me with something interesting for a change. 
Hi, Scotty. It's Bronwyn here. I hope you're all well. I am phoning up when shock and disgust. I can't believe that you don't think farts are funny. Farts are hilarious. The louder, the better. And I'm sorry, but I think you're going to be in the minority about this. Funny fart story. The first night I met my husband, we went for a day and then um, he came back to mine for a cup of tea and I really needed to fart. And although I do think farts are hilarious, I was like, I can't even fart in front of him on the first night. So, and I lived in a really small flat. There was nowhere to go that you couldn't fart and not hear it. So I had to go to the bathroom and fart into a towel and the rest is history. Thank you. Farewell. Now, Bronwyn, thanks for joining the club. And I'll tell you what, I think other people will be with me. They fucking better be. They better be fucking calling up, mate. You better not be hiding those calls, you and Tim, of people agreeing with me. Those are the only calls that should fucking get in. So, Bronwyn, I really appreciate having a different point of view on this podcast. Thank you very much. I do want to tell you that you are wrong, though. But I do value your opinion. And do you know why you are wrong? Because you said it yourself. If it was so funny, you would have just rifted, you would have just blown off. You would have just farted your fucking arsehole off in front of this person. But no, oh, you had to do it in a tar. In a tar. Do you know what I mean? So you couldn't even fucking follow through with your own logic, babes. If it was so funny, if the Perry would be rolling around the floor. But no, you had shame, you had fart shame. I said they weren't funny, I don't have fart shame though. Do you know what I mean? I think there's some work you could work on there, Bronwyn, okay? So before you start casting aspersions in here, telling me that farts are funny, you should actually take a bit of your own advice, actually. <laughs> hey, Scotty, producer Deb, all the crew and everyone down at the pub. Um, it's Galway Cars here and I'm just in the process of listening to this week's episode and it has started off with some fart stories and I just wanted to let you know that my little Irish mammy who is of course called Mary what else would she be called (laughs) when she farts she farts silently but we all still know that she farts because she always congratulates herself so whenever my mum farts you'll just hear her in whatever room she's in muttering oh good girl Mary and you know that she's had a fart and now myself and my brothers all also congratulate ourselves when we fart by saying, good girl, Mary. Good evening, Galway. It's lovely to have you in the room. Now, this reminded me of my grandmother. Now, she <laughs> she would rift, as we call it in our family, rifting. She would burp in public. I would be absolutely mortified as a child. And I say this as somebody who was quite a prolific burper in the early seasons of this show until there were complaints. My nan would do that anywhere. Anytime it happened, my nan would clench her chest like she was saying a prayer and she'd say, indigestion, that's the indigestion. Oh, Jesus, it's terrible. (laughs) So then she would make an excuse to drink something fizzy or some warm water because apparently that gets rid of it. And then, my God, the sounds that would come out of that woman, my God, she'd be down at confession the next day. So ashamed of herself, doing a rosary. (laughs) So I'm glad in your family that there is a congratulative event for it. What beautiful mantle to carry on. Wow, is this what I'm reduced to now, talking about farting? My God, I'm an award-winning artist, okay? I'm looking at you, Debbie. I'm an award-winning artist and you've got me on this fucking 
not even a telly programme. It's a radio pretend programme. And I have to talk to the general public about them farting. Okay, that's, that is where I'm at in my career. Hi, Scotty and everyone. Um, it's Rachel with the farty partner, Will, from last week. Um, I can't believe I'm calling again. I've gone from never calling in to seems to be every week now. But I had to chip in on the ironing because when that person was talking about ironing tea towels, I was really just got this like memory of my mum who would iron literally everything. Tea towels, knickers, socks, bed sheets, uh, you name it, she ironed it. She would be in the kitchen for like hours and hours on a Sunday, ironing every single thing. She's probably, you know, <laughs> if she's up there somewhere in the world, oh, a spirit is, she wants, probably wants to kill me because I do not iron a single thing. I might iron a work shirt um, every few months if I need to. But yeah, it made me think of my mum when I was thinking of ironing tea towels. Sorry, it's Rachel again. <laughs> I was just reflecting on my last voice note when I was like, mum up there, which sounded like I thought she was in heaven. I don't quite believe in. Um, but when I sort of imagine her, it is like she's looking down on me and thinking about me like on a beach somewhere, like her sort of paradise with a glass of rosé in hand. So whether that is Kevin or whether it's something else, I don't know. But I feel like I needed to clarify that. I just imagine her in, like, paradise. Right, that's it. I'll be quiet now. Bye. Well, Rachel, I'll tell you what. Three calls and a matter of breaths. Do you know what I mean? You're taking the fucking piss now. What, what does this look like? Am I running the fucking Samaritans for everybody? It's not a fucking free-for-all. <laughs> yes, I would like some more first-time callers. Now, Rachel, in that first half of that call, when you said your mum's out there somewhere, I thought you meant as soon as she lived quite far away. So I'm really sorry. I'm quite grateful that you did come back and you said, no, you know, I did want to say I don't believe in heaven. And I thought, well, the pennies just dropped now for me. What abstract garments to be ironing? Bed sheets? For what? For what pleasure? Do you know what I mean? Because particularly with that fitted sheet malarkey, it's a fucking workout trying to change it. I mean, why would I want to iron it? I mean, I think bedding is just objects of trauma. Because every time you got to do it, oh my God, what a rigmarole. What a brilliant word is rigmarole. Oh my God, I love the word rigmarole. So yeah, now, so it's got me thinking about very abstract things that people could iron. And just to sort of link this conversation to another one, I was wondering if people iron their oven gloves mitts the thing that they take bits out of the iron bits out of the oven with what else do you iron dear listener at home that you think potentially is quite a strange thing i think pants is quite a bizarre one because i mean they're just going in your nether reasons and before your nether reasons (laughs) i'll give you a reason don't they're just gonna go around your bits and within two minutes they're gonna smell do you know what i mean if you're anything like me anyway god what a fucking advert i am for myself on this podcast so have you got any bizarre abstract ironing traits i would love to hear them that was a conversation that that was a sentence that i didn't think i would actually be saying this morning but you know here we are 
Hi Scotty and everyone at the pub. I'm calling from snowy Manchester this morning. I just finished listening to the last episode and uh, the caller that was talking about their dad really hit me. I really related to that call and I loved your response Scotty talking about supporting each other and really being open um, with each other about about our feelings around this stuff and I think that was really hit home for me particularly because I realized that I haven't really done that my dad's been um well we sort of say unwell (laughs) what I mean is he's been having sort of an ongoing mental health crisis for about the last I would say 10 years or so on and off and he's just received a diagnosis that was different to what he's been told for the last 10 years and because he had a really rubbish psychiatrist for a long time he's just retired Um, and I've just been feeling a lot of feelings around it. I feel really angry on behalf of my dad for the inadequate care he's been receiving for the last 10 years, how much he's struggled. And I also feel slightly conflicted for myself as well. It's a diagnosis that now that I know is in my family does throw some things into question in terms of my own experience of mental illness as well. So I basically just wanted to send love and um solidarity i guess to anyone else who's who's feeling like this i think the caller who was talking about their dad said something around the fact that we kind of always expect our dads to be okay and i think that's such an interesting point like my dad has very much not been okay for the last 10 plus years but i think it's interesting you're right like we don't often talk like me and my dad at least don't often talk about those struggles he's not a particularly vocal person about this like the things that he struggles with and um I find that really hard to talk to him about sometimes as well even though um I also have not to the same extent but I also have my own mental health struggles and I've noticed in the last couple of years when we've started to talk about that a little bit more it has been a really validating and affirming conversation kind of a bit like you were saying Scotty about how your mum has her own experiences and that makes you feel really seen and so basically I don't know I just wanted to add my own experience and to say like it's a really complicated thing to be navigating um these relationships with these kind of figures that for a long time in your childhood potentially you may have seen as sort of that rock that person who's always there and um and then I think we've probably talked, the pub's probably talked about this generally, but that changing relationship with your parents and and seeing, thinking about the future and how that relationship is going to continue to change um, in terms of who becomes the supporter and the carer and how those roles can really always, they're always in flux. Anyway, that's my thoughts. Love you all lots and I hope you are all well sending love, as I said, from an Aussie in Manchester. (laughs) Bye. Oh, hello, friend. I think you might be an FTC. And if you are, I am going to get you a badge because you're clearly just down the road. And look at that lovely Aussie in Manchester as well, setting the scene as well. Ten points for letting us know what the weather was like. Oh, it really set the picture. Now, this got me thinking, and, and there's an analogy in here somewhere. I don't know where it is, but it's it's often in there. I mean, you, it's tenuous, so really do stick with me. When we watch superhero movies... There's an excitement, isn't there, in watching your Clark Kent turn into the Superman, isn't there? Oh, it's exciting. You know, these are the narratives. You're one who turns into Spider-Man. Do you know what I mean? You're the one that turns into Cat Lady. Cat Woman. <laughs> Cat Lady. 
I'm such a Mary on a cat lady. And there is less, it's less exciting when Superman turns back to Clark Kent, isn't it? It's like, oh, you're just normal. You're just mortal. And there's something in that about the relationship that the child has with a parent who becomes sick or is sick, particularly parents that are living with mental health presentations. Because in our brain, as children, many of us will experience a, a parent or carer or parents being this sort of superhero figure. But there's that moment where it breaks, where that truth breaks, and actually we realise they're actually just Clark Kent underneath it all. And it's it can be difficult as a child, because that child is always within. At whatever time that that happens for you, you feel robbed of something. There's something there that's like, that's not the world I wanted to live in. I'm thinking now, I guess from your father's perspective, about diagnosis and misdiagnosis and late diagnosis. And obviously, I've been thinking about that myself quite a lot, because, you know, they've suddenly put all these letters and things after my name. Got a couple of friends who've got late diagnoses, or what is called a late diagnosis, of various different divergence. You know, we've all got different bits and bobs attached to us. And they were saying, like... It's a late diagnosis. I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known before. Imagine what it'd be like if we knew sooner, etc., etc. And and there was a certain part of me which really understands that. But if they told me I was autistic, I had emotionally unstable personality disorder, I had a narcissism personality disorder, etc. When I was 20, I don't know what I would have done with that information. And I wonder if... I would have had the tools available to me to have comprehended it, to have actioned the things that I need to. I know I've always been a weirdo. Nothing has changed there. I am still that brilliant weirdo. But part of me thinks... I needed to be this age to be able to understand, to be able to hoard these things. And so where I can understand like the misdiagnoses that I got, and no doubt what you've been speaking about in your father's case might be very different, were annoying and difficult. They were also of their time. And they were also the languages and the knowledges that health professionals had available to them as well. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not saying... Well, come on, we've all got to put up with it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, in my case, I felt like, and I increasingly feel like, I don't feel it's a late diagnosis for me or a mixed diagnosis. I think I had to be at this moment with these tools and these languages, having gone through a lot of therapy, having met a lot of fucking weirdos in this pub, for me to really understand what those words that have been thrown at me means. And I hope with time that maybe some of these conversations you can have with your dad and they are difficult and having conversations with parents at the best of time is difficult and having conversations I think with men is really quite difficult at the best of times because of things that society places upon those men about how they have to behave not to say that those men are always inherently bad I think it's far too easy far too simplistic in our society to be like men are the problem it's like well actually I think it's far worse than that I think it's far uglier than that. I think the problem lies within lots of different systems and men adopt those systems. Oh God, who knew we were going on this tangent? But 
I'm really glad that we're having this chat because it's really easy for us to sit here and talk about it from our own perspective. But talking about it as the onlooker, as the person who wants to place hands, the person who wants to care, the frustration of knowing how we navigate these things, how do we talk about these things, I think it's really important. People are always going on about, oh, you just need to talk, you just need to talk. But when you're a fucking Fruit Loop, it's really hard to instigate that chat. Listen, friend, you've got something going here. I think you've got something really going here. So thanks for coming into the room. And I really hope that any of that waffle that I've just spat out inspires more people to pick up the blower. Oh my God, I went on a right old one there, didn't I? Anyway, still to come, Holly's B-Day shame, twerking through a shit. (laughs) And FTC is stuck in 2020. My God, what a place to be stuck. But first, thank you to our Patreons, who without, we would, well, we wouldn't be able to make this show. This week has been an absolute joy over there. Lots of support for me and my crazies. Some outrage about tea towels. And even our Nat demanded, yes, demanded, a tea towel poll, which went down very well. Uh, this week's Patreon call is from the 2am gym goer. If you want to hear that, head over to patreon.com forward slash after the tone. We are currently in receipt of just £500 a month. I know I say just £500 a month, but that's before taxes and before we pay people. And that doesn't stretch the full way by any means to make this work for you, for us, and to keep this going. So if you can help us out, please do consider doing it. We know it's a really difficult time to be asking people to help out. But if you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. Patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Remember, if you've got fat thumbs and like a scroll, well, we're on the internet and we're very much waiting for your likes and attention. At After The Tone P.O.D. is where you'll find us. And whilst you're at it, hit that subscribe button, please. Thank you very much. Now, we are almost at the end of the season. Can you fucking believe it? My God, we're really getting through these. So what are you waiting for? There's many a varied chat that you can chime in on or you can start your own thread. So open up that WhatsApp and send me a little voice note to this number. Zero, seven, double, eight, two hundred, three, four, two, zero. Now, there's a little note from producer Deb here on the tea towel chat because she's got some tea towel history for us all. So if you could just sit down, please, and listen to this. Apparently, the tea in tea towels is Victorian because posh women displayed their needlework skills by wrapping their embroidered tea towels around a teapot during afternoon tea. There you go. No one said it was going to be exciting. (laughs) And apparently Van Gogh, Van Gogh, however you want to call her, painted on tea towels when he ran out of canvas. So um, there's that. And Good Housekeeping says that you could use your tea towel for all kinds of jobs, actually. Because remember people were saying, oh no, you can't do that. Holly was, oh, there was absolute umbrage. But there is another website that does say that tea towels are full of E. coli. So who knows, you might die. Hiya, Scotty and the gang. It's Holly calling from Montreal with a bidet story. So during the pandemic, I bought one of those little bidets that attaches to your toilet. I thought that would be a very nice little luxury to buy for myself. But of course, you have to install it yourself. And I have no plumbing skills, but was assured that this would be very easy. And so as I'm trying to install this bidet, the first step is to take the toilet seat off your toilet, which 
is supposedly a very simple task, but my toilet was so old that it was basically just cemented with years of grime into the the hole. And at certain points I had a like a sander, I had different wrenches, I had tried everything to get this toilet seat off. And finally I'm about to give up and I said, okay, I'll just I'll just try one last time. And I just I just cracked my toilet tank. I just I just broke an entire toilet trying to install a bidet attachment that was supposed to be very easy. And I like hung my head in shame and thought, fuck. I mean it's the pandemic, so I have to have to have someone in to install a new toilet for me, all because I'm an inept plumber. And so Luckily for me, I have a guest bathroom, so I use that for a couple weeks, and then my new toilet finally comes, and I have a plumber come in to install it because I've learned my lesson, and I say, while you're here, would you mind also installing this bidet attachment for me, thinking I'm very, very smart, and he's, oh, sure, sure, and then it comes to the fact that this bidet attachment isn't compatible with my new fancy toilet, and so... I've since moved, but I'm terrified to install it myself. So for four years now, I've just had a bidet attachment sitting in my closet, reminding me of my failures. Okay, bye. Well, Holly, listen, first off, I just must, in defense of your partner in New York, I must just say, if you've got problems with tea towels being used for other things, and you're stirring up a storm in here with the tea towel chat, and you're buying an attachment bidet? An attachment bidet? No, thank you. We're learning a lot about Ollie this season. A guest bathroom. The absolute notions of it all. Now, I think you should keep this attachment bidet forever as a symbol of... Well, I'm not sure of what, but maybe pain and anguish. <laughs> There's a lesson to be learnt here, Holly, okay? And the lesson is, wipe your own fucking ass. Hey, Scotty, it's your pen pal, gal pal in India. Just a quick little poo story, fresh off the press. I, um, I've been having, like, a icky tummy quite a lot of the time. I've been here on and off. Can't really trust a fart. But managed to not shit myself so far. Anyways, just got on this train that I've been waiting for for a while and it wasn't moving so I waited for it to move to get on the toilet and the toilet is like a, a squatty in the hole. Yeah, so I'm like hovering over this thing, holding on to the handle and like, it's like porridge. It's not too bad but it's, you know, it's not, it's not a solid. As the train's bouncing along, <laughs> I'm kind of twerking on the toilet. <laughs> I like managed to not get it everywhere. Managed to like actually kind of finesse it with this like tune that came on just random on Spotify. It was a bit like a kind of spy movie, like pow, pow, pow. Um, yeah, and I just felt like this is kind of a mad experience, like working to spy music on a train and not not getting shit all over myself like actually felt like a bit of a superhero and on that note i've got a, a trio of anti-turf superhero 
drag queens for you. First up, we've got bacterial vaginosis, the little one of the group, sissy tight ass, and the mother, mammary gland. Thanks for such a like sweet and considered and like, I don't know, I feel like the way I spoke made you go all kind of solemn and mm, beard stroking mode. But yeah, like I want to hear about how your session at the library went. No one else is following this thread, so fuck them all, fuck the masses. Let's go start our own commune, babes. Also, don't worry, I'm not finding myself. I'm definitely losing myself. Love you all. Or our pen pal. I'm really enjoying these little snippets that we're getting on various different trains. Hello, friend. Lovely to have you back in the room. Now, I'll tell you what, if that was me, I would have shit up the walls, down my legs. I wouldn't have the skill, not at my age with my back anyway, even with the yoga. How do you do it? But also as well, when you're trying to balance over one of those loos as well, you know, a hole in the floor. I mean, there's real skill and precision, even if you've got the most fibrous of diet. <laughs> so if you're running loose, my God, 10 points to you. I would be really proud of myself twerking along. Excellent. Lovely. Thank you for another snippet. And I also really love that idea that you're losing yourself. <laughs> Because it can be a little bit cliche, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm travelling around India. And you're like, yeah, yeah, but are you? What are you doing? But, yeah, to hear that you're thinking about radical queer drag names and uh, also setting up your own commune, yeah. So what am I doing in the library? Well, I'm looking at utopianism and I'm looking at separatism. So I'm looking at people who have divorced themselves from society because they realised that that was the only way of kind of creating their own sort of culture. And um, what I've been finding out is quite interesting through conversations as well with people, particularly about sort of lesbian separatist communities, who, if one of the people had a baby and it was a boy, instead of sending congratulations, then everyone from the commune would send um, with sympathy cards because they had to move out of the commune. So there's that. And um, just kind of thinking about ways in which people self-organise I guess is kind of where I'm at at the moment so listen we look forward to hearing you lose yourself a bit more but hopefully you're having a lovely time doing that oh the train chat my god that's where that neurodiverse part of me really comes out if you want to ever see pure excitement put me in front of a very exciting train and you'll see this inner child in me just have the best time ever I love a fucking train I fucking love a train. Hi, Scotty. My name's Jake. I am a first-time caller and long-time listener. Well, not long-time listener. I've been listening for 18 episodes. I'm massively behind, actually. So I'm listening to the New Year's Eve episode from 2020. So that's interesting, having a little go back in time. Anyway... I got into your podcast by listening through listening to you on the Homo Sapiens podcast with lovely Chris Sweeney. So anyway, I wanted to say thank you because this podcast has been a revelation to me. It's given me lots to think about. I'm a 49-year-old gay, queer individual with lots of um, intersectional trauma mixed race grew up in 
a white household, being mixed race, which was very strange, um, not connected to my heritage, and then obviously growing up queer in the or gay, whatever, just different, othered in the 80s, 90s, grew up in the the weird Section 28 era, and also through the HIV AIDS pandemic, um, pandemic, epidemic, I don't know, demic. So grew up feeling very othered, um, essentially thinking that I was a piece of shit because of my my sexual identity. And, and then also actually now being HIV positive, which was life changing, uh, life affirming, actually. So I um, just wanted to share that with the listeners that actually coming through the other side of that. It's been a really positive thing. But anyway, also have a delightful shit story to tell you. Essentially, yeah, I was about 17, 18, went out with some friends drank snake bite and I'm a small person and so yeah I don't have the constitution for these things anyway got back oh yeah took a cab I remember now god this was so long ago took a cab ended up puking out of the cab puking outside the house then went upstairs to the bathroom to puke but then I realized that I needed to shit as well anyway ended up shitting on the carpet the bathroom carpet who has a bathroom carpet in a bathroom anyway never that's disgusting I then ended up falling asleep on the sofa and woke up and I chat myself it was all up my back and basically had to take all the cuff the, the covers off the sofa and wash them and basically try and make the house not smell of shit and puke so there's my shit story for you i'm rambling on i just wanted to say a massive thank you to you and to the community that you've created hearing people's stories i absolutely adore listening to the podcast um like i said i'm on episode 18 so even if this does make it through to an actual show i won't hear it for months because i am so far behind but but thanks you have been amazing to listen to so yeah i'm gonna stop rambling bye <laughs> lovely jake in 2020 this is a, a message from the future and no doubt when you get to it the past as well which is the joy isn't it the joy of this sort of timeless but timed moment and thank you so much welcome to the gang really fucking welcome to the gang and i'm sure if you make yourself known on any of the socials you talk to the other people particularly that jrf because she fucking loves to have a fucking gossip with people i'm sure the gang would absolutely embrace you so thank you take your shoes off stay a while but if you need to have a shit you're going outside you're not fucking using my lovely bathroom <laughs> ain't got a carpet in it i really love that it really gives us a sense of time doesn't it when people had carpet in their bathrooms they still have the lino but they put the carpet around the bit you know like around the bottom of the toilet and then they add like the matching bit for the bath and everything can you imagine the fucking piss and shit that lived within such a garment anyway lovely to have you in the room i really sincerely mean that because there was a lot of disclosure in there there was a lot of hello this is who I am and how I got here and I really fucking appreciate it because it's vulnerable making isn't it it's vulnerable making calling up because you never know what I'm going to be in never know what mood I'm going to be in but also beautiful shit story thank you very much 10 points getting a cab home oh my god those were the days do you remember when you used to save your cab money these kids don't know they were born today I was using a photo booth okay don't ask I'm too artistic for my own good I was using a photo booth and these kids come along and they were like how does it work and I thought my god 
There's something so beautiful in your message that I would love to be a broader conversation in this room. And it doesn't specifically need to be related to HIV and AIDS, but if it is, I would welcome it. And it doesn't specifically have to come from you, Jake. It could come from other members of the gang. But to say that life began after that diagnosis, I'm sorry, I'm sort of paraphrasing now. It's things that, of course, I have definitely heard and spoken about with friends, friends who are positive and who hold that as part of their forward-facing identity. They don't hide that with shame. And I would love that to become a bit of a narrative. I'd love to talk about that. You know, when I first started going out on the scene, for me, all of my mates were from the lost generation, as it's often known as. My elders were always people, and I don't say that to make people feel old, but they were always people 10, 15, 20 years above me who I just found far more interesting than people my own age, because I've always have done. And the stories that people would share with me, not only about loss and grief, but about celebration and life beginning and learning about yourself and learning to appreciate life as well, are ones that I can only recall from other people that, you know, I can't tell you this from my lived experience. So I would love that to become a chat and that isn't to say that I want to shy away from the difficulties of diagnosis I don't want to shy away from the difficulties of the lost generation and losing people and the grief that is held there and you know that lost generation of elders people who can teach us how to be you know wiped out because of fucking straight ignorance essentially because of political game pain i'm not i'm not avoiding that conversation but i would love to hear that was just a bit of a nugget there was just like a beautiful thing there that i thought oh jake don't tease me sweetheart listen you're welcome to the room sit down stay a while it's a bit weird but once you catch up you'll soon get the knack of it what a fucking corker, eh? Maya, have you enjoyed that? Because I've had a fucking ball. I thought that was a really good one, everybody. Ten points to you all. Nice and punchy, a bit light. We're having a bit of a giggle, but, you know, we can have a couple of elongated chats there. Yes, thank you very much. Very much enjoying that. So did any of that spark your interest? Did any of that make you go, no, you're a fucking liar, Scotty? Or, yes, please, I would love to hear that. Or, oh, I love that one. Or, no, what is an attachment B day? <laughs> You know what to do. The number is in the description box. We'd love to welcome you in the room. Honestly, first time callers. We're speeding towards the end of the season. Who knows if we're going to be able to come back? Cost of living crisis. We don't know if we've got enough money to keep the fucking lights on. So now's your moment, okay? That number is in the description box. We would genuinely love to have you. Remember, the DMs are always open on the socials. If you just want to have a bit of a natter, if you want to be put in contact with somebody, if you want some more information, you know what to do. If there's something you can't put your voice to, but you've got one little liner, you want a bit praise you want a little shout out on the show come and drop us a little line that's us for another week i hope that's got you spurred up you know what to do lovely maya on the ones and the twos thank you very much producer Deb will be back next week i'm about to go off to scotland to have a little trip around so no doubt i'll come back with some stories so remember we're always here if you need us and i'll see you in a bit all right babe see you in a bit bye ATT is a Debbie production that this week is produced by Maya Miller-Lewis, Vice Producer Tim Bano and Executive Producer Debbie Kilbride. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.